This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. It is time for Silver and Black today on your Wednesday. Happy Hump Day, Raider Nation. We hope you're having a good one. Still enjoying the win, but now it's time to turn the page. It's time to look at the Los Angeles Rams. The Raiders, Rams, tomorrow night, Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. So they will be in a primetime game against the Rams, who just signed a new quarterback, you may have heard. Baker Mayfield will talk about that. I am Scott Branson. As always, I am joined by my broadcast partner, uh, and that is a Mr. Mo Moten. Of course, Mo is national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. He is also the Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can also follow me at LV Gully, the show, SNB today. And Mo, I sent it to you this morning. Yes, Silver and Black today is now on TikTok. And oh, gosh. Mo is already an overnight sensation. Oh gosh. Uh yes, there's reposting. They're they're making memes out of him. They're making him dance. They're doing all kinds. Of, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it could happen. It could happen. But we are up on TikTok, so you can check us out there as well as subscribe and hit the notifications <laughs> bell on uh YouTube. Of course, YouTube chat over in the corner uh or on the side of the screen over there, right there, next to Mo is going crazy as always. The guys and gals in the chat is always fun. So we appreciate you guys being with us. Go ahead, Scott. Mo. Yeah. Do you, you remember when Bill Belichick called Snapchat <laughs> Snapface? He tried to he tried to pretend like he didn't know what Snapchat was. Oh uh, yes, I, I remember. I'm honestly not on TikTok. That is yeah. that is that is behind my generation. I just I had no interest in being on, on TikTok. And when you sent me that message, I just I literally did the face palm. I know I said the the emoji face palm emoji, <laughs> but I literally put my face in my hands like, oh gosh, I'm on TikTok. Well, here's the thing: is I had I had a listener tweet and said, hey, because I, I, I we tweeted it out from the show saying follow us on TikTok, and somebody like thinks like me, and I, this is probably what I would have said if I wasn't in the business and had been watching a show, said something to the impact or effect of, hey, I'm not 15, sorry, I can't. Um, which, which I understand, but we do understand the reason we are now there with short videos that link back, of course, to episodes of this podcast is because, um, believe it or not, 25 to 34 biggest growing usage of TikTok. And we have a lot of listeners in that 30 plus, especially range, maybe not so much under 30. If you're under 30, shout out in the chat or make comments below. So we know you're there. But but clearly it's there, so we're there. You know, it's it's so, it's fantastic, and uh, so, I, I can't wait to make you a star. So I guess I gotta get on Tiki Talk or Talk Talk, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Talk Talk, Tiki Talk, yeah, Tiki Talk Talk, Tiki Talk Talk Talk. 
That's right. Oh, we are not aging ourselves at all. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we are back here talking Raiders football. If you don't subscribe to the podcast, do that now. You don't have to subscribe on TikTok if you're not there, but go ahead and, and subscribe to the show wherever you get it. Mo, we look at this Raiders team, and again, uh, it's time to turn the page. It's been great three games in a row. This team has played great. We talked about yesterday on Tuesday, we talked about great defensive play. We saw the reemergence, or I should say the first time emergence as a Raider of Chandler Jones, the center of that defensive front, uh, just rolling on it with the addition of Jerry Tillery. And of course, Bilal Nichols, who's kind of lived up to the hype that we gave him, not his fault that we gave him in the preseason. Uh, and then of course the offense, Devonte Adams, Josh Jacobs, uh, the offensive line playing great right now. They're all putting it together. But now they're trying to go on the road again to play the Los Angeles Rams. Everybody's looking at the Rams, calling them the Lambs because of all the injuries and because of the down season they had after winning the Super Bowl. But going on the road is a tough game, even if there's going to be a lot of Raider fans there. Uh, you look at this. On the road. Uh, yeah, on the road, right? That's right. So uh, just down I-5 or 15 to I-5. But if you look at this game uh, and, and think about can the Raiders put together four straight, they're now in the position uh, where we talked about the P word last uh, episode, but uh, they kind of have to win out if they want to have a good chance of actually trying to make the playoffs. It's a difficult task. How does this game shape up for you? Is this one that you say, hey, you know, the Raiders playing the way they are? have a good opportunity to go Los Angeles and sneak out of there to this, uh, this bare bones Rams team. I give them a good chance to win. Uh, of course we're, we're kind of early with this episode. So, uh, the betting column hasn't come out yet. On <laughs> it's Report, coming out. It's coming out later, but today. it's coming. And I will tell you that, um, heavy Raiders favorites, uh, mm. going, well, of course they're favored in Vegas, but, a lot of us are backing the Raiders. I won't completely spoil it, but um, I don't want to say the Raiders should win this game, but they are rightfully favored by a touchdown. I believe, you know, no no Matthew Stafford. I believe Aaron Donald is going to be out. No Cooper Cup. I'm not saying this is a game you overlook the Rams because they actually gave the Seattle Seahawks a challenge. That game came down, I believe, to late in that fourth quarter. The Seahawks had the battle with the Rams because the Rams were able to get their run game going. That's something that the Rams have to be careful about. Though the Rams have been stout against the running in the last three weeks, I don't mm -hmm. think they've allowed a 100-yard rusher in that in that span. Cam Akers, Kyron Williams, those guys are coming along, and the Rams are starting to find a way to at least stay competitive in these football games. So, Raiders can't overlook the Rams, but I expect the Raiders to win this game. Certainly. I think the fans feel the same way, and, and I'm sure we'll see all the TV prognosticators pick the Raiders. Um, it, it's interesting how a lot of folks have come around on this team. If you look at the fact that uh, as bad as the 2-7 and seven start was, it's they are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now, and we talked about all those reasons uh, yesterday on the show. But to sustain it is what <clears throat> makes you survive and excel in the NFL. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, can they sustain it is the question. We know still. I mean, let, let's be real here. We know they have deficiencies in talent level on offense, uh, on offensive line, at, on the defensive side, especially defensive backfield. Um, can they sustain this over the course of the next uh, uh, five games, Mo? I mean, you look at their schedule – and again, you can't look more than one game ahead, but at the same time, it stacks up nice for them, except against the Chiefs at the end of the season. But even the Chiefs seem to maybe, uh, they got beat by the Bengals on Sunday. They seem to be losing some of the luster. If you're the Raiders, uh, this is nothing but it like it was last year, right, where you have to just focus one game at a time. Don't get ahead of yourself because the mountain to crawl up is very, very tall. Well, I did compare it to last year, and I'm, I think one of our listeners, uh, John Davis, agree that it feels a lot like last year when the Raiders went on that run. Now, of course, that this run would be a lot longer than last year. The Raiders, I believe, <laughs> yes. had to win four straight. Uh, you're coming from two and seven to, to, I mean, ten and seven seems. I know I play around. And I say ten and seven is still mathematically possible, but do I be actually believe the Raiders are going to go ten and seven? Very, very slim chance. Eight in a row. I'm, it's not impossible. Because, you know, but it's, you know, you got the 49ers and the Chiefs at the end of the schedule. So let's, as a lot of fans have said on Twitter, let's take this one game at a time and look at this and where they are right now. 
with the way Devontae Adams and Derek Carr are playing, with the way Josh Jacobs is playing, with the way that defense is playing, I, I'd say they can rattle off a few more wins, you know, and, and make this, you know, a five, six game win streak. So I wouldn't put it past Raiders on that front. But I will say this, that once you start to play, you know, New England, who's familiar with Josh McDaniels, it can get tough. Mm. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not an easy opponent. Kenny Pickett, I, I know he's not throwing for a lot of yards, but he's learning as a rookie that Steelers defense is tightening up because TJ Watt is not healthy. You got Minka Fitzpatrick on the back end. I think as the games go on, as season goes on, the Raiders are going to need Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller to play a role in that offense to get the Raiders over the hump because they've been able to get by without those two guys. As the competition toughens up, I think they're going to need both those guys to be productive. Yeah, I agree. And I think that you also look at these these teams they're facing, with the exception of the Rams, you look at the Patriots, you look at the Steelers on Christmas Eve, okay, a a road game on a holiday. Um, both those teams are in the playoff race, including the Steelers. Yes. Right? So so these teams, it's not like the Rams where you look at and you say, okay, yeah, I mean, look, all professional football teams have good players, and so every game is tough. But you look at the Rams and you say, yeah, their season's over. There's just at three and nine, it's just not – they're not going anywhere, okay? But you look at the other two, and all they need is a couple wins to get into – deep and heavy into the into the uh, playoff races, especially on the wild card, obviously. Uh, and and that is incentive for them to play and their coaching staffs to go all out. And so I think the Raiders, uh, they're facing going to face two teams in those two teams uh, in two and three weeks away that are in the exact same position they are. Look, I know I wasn't on the show with you, Scott, but I mm-hmm. seem to I'm old enough to remember the Raiders losing <laughs> to the Jacksonville Jaguars when they were up. Yes. Uh, by you know by three possessions. I'm old enough to remember the Raiders losing to the Jeff Saturday led Indianapolis Colts, who got their doors blown off by the Cowboys a few days ago. So I'm not I'm not looking at and even the Rams who are out of the playoff race, so to speak. I'm not even looking at the Rams like okay, easy win. I I actually no. expect the Rams to be competitive mm-hmm. for most of the game. Now it was up to the Raiders to pull away, kind of like how they did with Houston Texans, where you have a team yeah. that's you know, kind of on the downside, but you pull away at the end and you have a big play, a turnover, a pick six, something of that nature. I could see that happening. But fans listening to me right now, don't be surprised if they're in a battle through the first two, three quarters on the game on Thursday. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Before we head to a break, uh, just a reminder, again, send in your mail questions. Uh, Obviously, after the win, there wasn't any complaining. (laughs) <laughs> but we love it. We Because of the weird week with the Thursday night game tomorrow, we're doing a little bit of mailbag today at the end of the show. But make sure you send in your questions, your comments uh, about the Raiders, about the show. We appreciate it. Mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Mail at silverandblacktoday.com. We're going to step aside for our first break right now. When we come back, we are going to get up to date on some Raiders transactions that happened late yesterday, some movement Uh, up on that defensive line with some comings and goings in Henderson. You're with Mo Moten and Scott Branson. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering all things Las Vegas Raiders. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Welcome back. Silver and Black Today, the Wednesday edition, special edition. We are still going to get some mail. We usually do mailbag edition. Mo and I love doing that. Uh, and, And Mo hasn't had a chance, only one chance last week since he's been back to do it. We love it. Uh, And so we're going to get to it in the third segment today because of the game tomorrow. And then a reminder, myself, Mo, and Murph with our Voice of the Fan segment, which has become very, very popular. We knew it would. That's why Murph is on the show. And uh, he will be with us as well tomorrow night, Thursday night, after Thursday night football. That's right. So for those of us on the Eastern time zone, that's late. Uh, For you guys on the West Coast, uh, right after the game, you'll be able to uh, check out our live post-game show here on YouTube. And, of course, the podcast uh, audio version goes up right after that show ends. So you can get it in the middle of the night if you want to listen to it. Or you can listen to it uh, on the way to work on Friday. So make sure you do that. Also, follow Mo on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. The show is SNB today. And subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. Okay, Mo, some transactions late yesterday for the Raiders. Um, they signed uh, defensive tackle Kyle Pecco, who we're familiar with, obviously, in and out of the roster there. Uh, 
to the active roster to make room. The Raiders have said goodbye to Kendall Vickers. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. So uh, obviously the play of the defensive interior with Cleland Furl, with Jerry Tillery, with Bilal Nichols, I think uh, they're kind of settled on what they wanted to do. So Kendall Vickers, who's been there uh, for a few years and really uh, did a good job when he needed to, um, has, has been let go. And they've also signed Austin Calitro to the practice squad. He came off uh, the New York Giants uh, practice squad this year, 2022. He played for the Bengals last year during their Super Bowl run as well. 11 starts, 89 tackles, and one and a half sacks. So just another guy for the practice squad there. But Mo, a little bit of movement there. I think that shows you the confidence in that Jerry Tillery coming in there and Bilal Nichols playing up to his potential. Uh, they like what they're seeing for the rest of the way. The other thing is Kendall Vickers has missed, I believe, the last three games with a back injury. Back so injury. maybe there's there's some uh, issue. Maybe they think he may not be healthy enough to contribute at a at, the, at an optimal level. So you go with a healthier Kyle Pecco and what you have at that in that position group. So yeah, it makes sense. Um, not a major move, but again, they I guess they feel a lot better with Jerry Tillery making an impact as. You know, as a lot of people have read on Sports Night, I wrote an article about Chandler Jones' breakout three sack performance against the Chargers, and his and he gets credit for that, but it's partially because Jerry Tillery is able to make a push along with Bilal Nichols on the inside. So, Mo, you look at this Rams team that the Raiders are going to face tomorrow night uh, on national TV. Of course, we know about Matthew Stafford. Uh, and the offense and and him being out and injury and all that jazz. But you look at that defense, the the, the Rams defense, um, not great, but they still have great players there and they still are competitive. You talked about in the first segment that you expect this game to be close. What does this Rams team do on both sides of the ball that could create some matchup issues and, and, and some issues for the Raiders overall as they face uh, Los Angeles tomorrow night in SoFi Stadium? Well, as I briefly mentioned, they, they've discovered their run game, which is really Sean McVay's bread and butter. He usually actually runs his offense through uh, off of the run game. They haven't been able to get that going early in the season. As I said, Cam Akers, who's had some issues with the team, thought at one point he would be traded, not traded. Kyron Williams is back there as a backup. Uh, those guys are getting it going on the ground. So the Raiders are going to have to bear down and make sure that Cam Akers doesn't break one open or Kyron Williams doesn't catch one out of the backfield because their, their running backs can be dynamic together. On the defensive side of the ball, you always have to circle Jalen Ramsey. Where is he going to line up? He's, he's basically the proverbial chess piece. He can line up in the slot, can line up on the outside. So he may not be lined up across from Devontae Adams on every snap, even though I think that's probably a good idea with the way Devontae Adams is playing, have your best defensive back, your best cover man against the Raiders, the best pass catcher. But he can move around. The formation so you have to be uh no you have to know where he is on the field because if you make a mistake he can make a big play on the back end yeah it's and and i and i i think you're right about this point people people look at records and you dismiss a team but it doesn't tell the whole story all obviously and and i think that the rams are going to be a matchup so there's some matches matchup issues there based on uh the raiders and what they've been doing but this raiders team with all the confidence they have with the play they're getting on offense from Devontae Adams, uh, I don't expect, uh, and and we haven't heard a peep, that Hunter Renfro or Darren Waller will be back. Why would they on an early week? I think the better chances of them coming back are next Sunday against the Patriots. Uh, you look at this Raiders team, Mo, and you look offensively, uh, I'm still really concerned. We haven't heard much about Josh Jacobs this week. Of course, the calf injury the last two weeks has not uh, prevented him from having stellar games. But on this short week, we talked about it on Tuesday, but I'm still concerned about that. And I think it's going to be another game time decision for them. And 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 perhaps we might see a different running back, especially on the short week, uh, handle the load. Maybe Zamir White finally gets the carries that we've thought about. Uh, but, but your point about 
that running back and the fact that they haven't developed another one certainly puts more pressure to make sure Jacobs plays. The other thing is, I believe Amir Abdullah got dinged up in the last game. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's tough when you have a workhorse running back because if that guy gets nicked up or he can't play, then what are you left with? And I compare it to the Titans. Remember, I believe it was last year, Derek Henry went down. He had to have foot surgery, right? That's not Josh Jacobs' situation. But it, it goes to my point that after the after Derek Henry was out, the Titans were still able to win because they had a good collective football team. But they had to change things up. They couldn't run the same offense they ran with Derek Henry because he's such a different type of player. He's like a freight train <laughs> at like 240, 63, 240-something pounds. And they had to kind of change things up. So the Raiders have found their winning formula. But what happens if they have to change up that formula? Do they do they have a switch-up pitch? It, you know, mm-hmm. is Amir White good enough to handle 5 to 10 carries if necessary? Is is Amir Abdul healthy enough to handle 5 to 10 carries if, ne- if necessary? Can, he, can, can you use the short passing game to mimic the run game? As I said in the previous show that you could do that, but it takes away from the physical nature of your advantage. The Raiders have been super super physical in the trenches and that's how they've been winning games inside out now if you don't have jacobs out there you have to find a different route now Devontae adams is out there but he he then becomes your focal point of the offense and then you don't have another guy out there who's as reliable as him <clears throat> because you hunter renfro and waller are hurt and jacobs you know nicked up and that's what to me concerns me about the game too if if for some reason, again, we hope it's not the case, but if if Josh Jacobs is limited, even if he plays and he's limited and they can't get out there, can't get him out there for as many snaps as he's used to, uh, your short passing game is kind of non-existent right now, right? I mean, yes, you have Mac Hollins, you mentioned him, but but the Hunter Renfro uh, specialty with those short slant routes, uh, and of course, Darren Waller. Uh, if you have that full complement of weapons and Josh Jacobs is is hurting, then at least you have those options. Uh, and you talked about uh, uh, Amir Abdullah being hurt. What do they do if, if Josh Jacobs is limited or hurt uh, and they have to go to a more short-passing offense? Of course, Foster Moreau's there, but who else might we see involved in that offense to make up for the lack of, of a running game if it happens? I want to see if they're going to call up one of their backs, you know, Britton Brown, <laughs> they oh, drafted, yeah. you yeah. know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it, it's weird because I've been saying this for weeks that yes, Josh Jacobs has been incredible, but you have to prepare for that emergency. I'm not saying take a significant number of carries away from Josh Jacobs, but have a second guy ready. And to this point now they've been winning. So no one's complained about it, but if something goes down, what, what is plan B? Because I, I really can't tell you right now because, as I said, Zamir White has been a non-factor. Yes, he has mm-hmm. a couple of carries here and there where he looks decent. And that, run, and that offensive line is run blocking very well. But who is I, – I would, I, would, I would assume that the Rays would just go pass heavy. I would assume that Josh Jacobs yeah. reverts back to what he was doing at the beginning of the season. Even though Hunter Renfro and Waller are not healthy, I would, I would assume that he just goes pass heavy puts the ball in Derek Carr's hands and say, you're going to have to win this game because the Rams, believe it or not, the Rams run defense, I believe is still top 10 across the league. So they have a strong run defense, even without Aaron Donald. Now I know the CLCS lost their top running back last week. So he wasn't Mm -hmm. able to play a full game, but the Rams have a tough defensive front. The way you attack the Rams is on the back end. Ramsey, as good as he is, he can't be everywhere on the field. So wherever he's not, that's where you're throwing the football. So that's when guys like Mac Hollins come into play. I know Raiders fans are going to roll their eyes a bit, but Keelan Cole, I know that he's underwhelming, but he he may have to step up if Devonta Adams is seeing double coverage with the safety over the top. DJ Turner? Uh, DJ Turner, he's got speed. Foster Moreau, you know, mm-hmm. step up being the starting tight end there, assuming he's okay because I know he got dinged up last game. Yeah. Uh, those guys are going to have to step up and attack the Rams' uh, pass defense because – that's the weakness of the, of their unit. Yeah, I'm surprised that the Raiders didn't go sign another tight end because Foster Moreau, the last two games, has missed a couple plays because of injury. Thank goodness he didn't have a concussion or anything like that. But mm-hmm. but they were down to one tight end. 
Uh, and so you would think that they would do that, but clearly they, I, I think that's a good sign. Actually. I think that's a sign that points to Darren Waller coming back uh, for that Patriots game, but we'll have to see how that goes. All right. We're going to take our final break here on this Wednesday show. We're going to get to some mail. We had some tweets that, uh, Mo forwarded and retweeted so that we could answer them. We promised our viewers, or excuse me, our viewers and our listeners that we would answer those. So we're going to get to some of those also. Mo, did you see the smoke show sitting next to Mark Davis at the game on Sunday? Did you see that clip? I saw it. Um, <laughs> one of our loyal listeners, Sashi, said, of course, Mark Davis is having a fantastic day. Look who was sitting <laughs> next to him. Well, was, we have it was one of the funny uh, right we have found out who that young woman is. And so we're going to talk about that, too, when we come back, just because it's fun and it's Wednesday and you're almost there to game day on a Thursday with the Raiders. By the way, how many Raider fans are going to call in sick Friday if they win? I think I think a few. About 40%. <laughs> Stay home, you know, have some barbecue chicken. Oh, Enjoy yourself, barbecue you know? chicken. That's right. Barbecue yeah. chicken and maybe some lamb. Eh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe yeah. some lamb. Yeah. Lamb All is right. actually pretty good. I've had lamb before. In fact, Mo, I will tell you, for Christmas dinner this year, finally got a hold of my grandmother's recipe. We're having leg of lamb. Huh. So is that a foreshadowing? Ah, could be. Of that lamb could be in be Los Angeles. <laughs> foreshadowing of what the Reyes could be snacking on Thursday night. Oh, oh look at there. that. Mo, man, you're swift. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will get to your mail, your tweets, and we will tell you about the blonde sitting next to Mark Davis and who he is <laughs> and answer the question, are they dating I mean, oh, I can gosh. cut my hair that way. I'm married, though. But anyway, we're here on Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original <laughs> Podcast. We'll be back right after these messages. Take care. Here we are, the home stretch on a Wednesday. Wednesday. Raider Nation, tomorrow's game day. You don't have to wait till Sunday. You get Sunday off this week. Yes, you get to watch your Raiders tomorrow night against the Los Angeles Rams, SoFi Stadium, the Raiders' vacation home. Don't have to deal with Charger fans, but you have to deal with the other yellow and blue fans, which is the Rams fans. I expect a huge takeover again at SoFi Stadium for the primetime game. This podcast, by the way, make sure you subscribe to it. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us as well. Mo Moten, he is the national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. He is also the columnist covering the Raiders for SportsNot.com as well. All right, Mo, we talked about it before the break. We're watching the game and, of course, they go to Mark Davis in the owner's box. This time he's not eating chicken wings, which might have been appropriate with the whole Keenan Allen thing. But instead, they fixate on it, and they stay with the shot a little too long, in my view, for owner shot. <laughs> it, it went on for quite a while. And the reason was because he was next to a very attractive young lady. And now we know who that lady is. If you're listening out there and you didn't see this story uh, kudos to the New York Post because they always are are tracking down. Forget the Hunter Biden laptop stuff. Let's talk about the mystery blonde next to Mark Davis. That's the big news, right? So they did. And, and that, for those of you watching, I'm going to put it on the screen here so you can see it. Uh, and for those of you listening, I'll read through it. But here it is. Mystery blonde next to Raiders owner Mark Davis identified. Yes, they can't identify other big criminals, but they can find out who the blonde next to the NFL owner is. So here it is. I'm going to read this quote. The mystery blonde who was sitting next to Raiders owner Mark Davis during Sunday's win over the Chargers. And it's funny because in the copy, Mo, if you can see, Chargers is lowercase. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's a copy editing mistake. But Her name is Hayden Hopkins. Hayden Hopkins. She's a Las Vegas-based professional Cirque du Soleil performer. Okay. Despite the speculation, uh, oh wait, Hopkins became the talk of Twitter after the CBS cameras captured her seated alongside Davis in a private suite at Allegiant Stadium. At the time, she took to her Instagram story to share a photo of the field from her seat, which showed her wearing jeans and silver stilettos, which she borrowed from Mo. No, kidding. Um, <laughs> despite speculation that the two are dating, their relationship status is platonic according to Hopkins, and I have a picture up there. But here's the thing, Mo, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this up on the screen so people can see us and Miss Hopkins. Oops, I got, the, I got the order wrong here, though. That, that wouldn't help. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Okay. Um, and so 
I'm going to show this if I can get this right. A, B, and C. Look at that. Okay. So, um, look, Mo, we're in the box next to them. No, kidding. Um, but here she is. You saw the picture on CBS. But look at this one. She's pretty nimble. She's limber. If you're looking at the screen, she's a performer in Cirque du Soleil, which is all about aerobatics. Uh, and it shows a picture of her on Jimmy Kimmel in April 2019. And then it shows a picture of her in 2020 in a bikini. And she really needs some avocado smoothies and maybe a couple hamburgers. Uh, a little too skinny for me there. But anyway, this is Hayden Hopkins. This is the girl sitting next to Mark Davis. And now Mo will talk about it for two minutes. Go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You've been so vocal about this story. I just, you know, I wanted to make sure you got some time in. I mean, what can you say? When you got money, you, you can pull people <laughs> like that. And although they say it's platonic. platonic. Yeah. I wonder who's the source on that. Is it Mark Davis's people saying it's platonic? Is it her people saying it's platonic? Yeah. But I want to get back to your comment about her photo. Yeah. We're a fan of the thick version of women on this show. And you said she needed she needs some avocado smoothies and some hamburgers. I would agree. I'm not judging here because no, she's a beautiful woman. Right. Don't get us wrong. She's attractive. Different strokes for different folks. I like a little pudding. Oh, I look like at that. a little. I like a little extra, you know, it's, let, let me just be full. You like a little right? more to love is what Look, you're saying. It's, it gets cold in the winter in New York <laughs> city. Okay. It ain't Vegas out here. It ain't 80 degrees in New York city. It gets cold. Okay. Yeah. We wear big, fluffy, big puffy coats. Yes. A guy like me needs meat to cuddle up on because you know, my bones get cold when it drops below 20 degrees. I'm with and you, man. That, and that that, although she's you know beautiful and and she could do a whole you know a lot of things there that's great but <laughs> when it gets down to it and it's midnight and it's below twenty in New York City, that's not going to help me a lot. Her yes. putting her leg up by, over her head that's that's only going to go but so far for me. Yeah, and for the listeners, I know you can't see this, but you can check out the YouTube video. But but this picture, and, and so I agree with you there, okay? I, and she's a gorgeous lady, and she's she's a dancer, right? She, Cirque du Soleil, if you've never seen a Cirque show, these people are unbelievably talented. And not only that, but they are so limber, they look like rubber. These The, the way they stretch and the way they do it. And the picture I'm showing now, like that picture to me, and this is a family show, but, you know, I would like to stretch like that. Uh, the way she's stretching is, is remarkable. And that's what they do. They're, they're, they're acrobats. Um, and, she, but go ahead. Scott, she's definitely a summertime girl. When it's warm <laughs> and it's hot, that's when, you, that's when you have that on your arm. Now, it's appropriate yes. for Mark Davis again because he's in Vegas where it's warm all year round. Yes. But once November hits, yeah. I would say, look, we're going to have to swap her out for someone with a little, you know, maybe 20 or 30 pounds heavier. Yeah. Shout out to the heavier women out there watching the show. Mm -hmm. uh, you are in demand. Once it gets cold, even in the, even when it's warm, you're in demand. But especially in the winter, you yes. have a good meal, some meat on the bones, someone to, cover, someone to cuddle with even when the covers are cold. <laughs> It's perfect. But Mark Davis, I will say, Mark Davis, you're doing pretty well. Don't listen to me because you're in Vegas. You're living the life. Do your thing, Mark. Yeah. And, and trust me, I'm no male model. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm very self-aware. Uh, but Mark yeah. Davis, um, wearing yeah. white jeans and a white T-shirt like every day of his life, driving a Mini Cooper, pulling up on 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 this young gal. Uh, good for him. Bravo. He's doing well. Uh, platonic or not, man. He's definitely I, doing I, well. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him that. I don't know if he can run a football team yet. Um, we'll see with this new regime, but it looks like he's on the right track there, and it certainly looks like he's in the right track. Um, by the way, the post, the, the post always pulls the worst pictures because there was there's like a minute of video there, and they have a picture of her with a water bottle, drinking the water bottle. That's not on accident, by the way, folks. That's the post. You know the post, Mo, since you yeah. live in New York. Yep. They do that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, we are really now... quick though. Yes, ladies, go. if you if you can't stretch your leg over your over your head, it's okay. If you can make a good, you know, casserole casserole or a good <laughs> meal, 
that's good enough. You don't have to do all this acrobatic stuff and put it, you know, twisting your arm, double jointedness. You don't have to do all that. Just make a good meal and you're in demand. That's all you need to do. Or have a law degree so Mo and I can stay home and do podcasts full time. Uh, that, that would work too. Or yeah. have a job in sports, you know. Women who have jobs in sports. <laughs> hey, Women who have you... jobs in sports, great. Oh, yeah. A lot of them. A lot of great, great journalists in the world of sports that are women. And we and we have them on the show all the time. Cynthia Freeland, to name one, uh, but certainly so many. All right. We're going to get to the male now, Mo. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, we're just talking about male, female. Now we're talking about M-A-I-L. And uh, we got a couple messages here on email that we're going to get to. And then we're also going to get to a couple tweets. Uh, this is our good friend, Gary Harkin reader. Gary writes in, I don't know, probably every other show donated some cool Raiders, uh, classic, uh, out of print books that we're going to donate to Raider dad, by the way, that'll be coming soon, uh, so that they can, uh, continue to fund the charity. But here's what Gary says, Mo. He says, uh, to repeat myself, the Raiders didn't bring, this is about Derek Carr, of course, cause we didn't talk about him yesterday. So somebody's got to talk about him. To repeat myself, the Raiders did not bring in Devontae Adams to move on from Derek Carr. Think Raiders draft a QB, but in the mid-rounds. I liked Levis, but I keep coming back to the fact that McDaniels doesn't want his quarterback to run. Quarterbacks I've watched this college season that might be a fit are Bo Nix or Michael Pettis. I believe there's a three-year window to bring along a quarterback from scratch. I'm sure there are other quarterbacks out there, but they have to be very smart and teachable slash coachable. It's also important that they can throw the deep ball. That is from Gary. So he brings up a couple of good points there, which I think fit in with where you and I have been the last couple of weeks, at least you longer than me. Whereas Derek Carr will be back for the next at least two years. He has three years on the contract um, and they're going to definitely have to develop a young quarterback. What about his point that Josh McDaniels doesn't like running quarterbacks? So is there something to that based on the fact that in new England, they didn't have that because he wasn't the GM there. He was the offensive coordinator. He wasn't Bill Belichick either. Um, do you think that with his system, he'd be open to that? Or does Gary have a good point there? Gary has a point to a certain extent, and I know where that comes from. I believe there was – he during a press conference, Josh McDaniel said, um, basically – so I think someone asked him mm-hmm. about you know having a quarterback run. He said he prefers quarterback to be in the pocket. I'm paraphrasing. But I think there was some misconception there because there's a difference – as I've explained multiple times, there's a difference between a quarterback who runs and a quarterback who uses his mobility to extend plays and runs right. when he has to. And I think Josh the Allen. latter, right? I think the latter is what uh, most head coaches would want because just in case if your offensive line is not up to par or if you have a leaky offensive line, then the quarterback's mobility can make up for that. But to go back to Gary Harkin Reader's uh, email, I could see the Raiders drafting a quarterback. Uh, in the middle rounds. I've said that just because Derek Carr comes back for year 10 doesn't mean they don't draft the quarterback. And even with the Patriots, when Josh McDaniels is there, the Raiders, uh, the Patriots had a habit of drafting quarterbacks in the fourth round. Stidham was one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. After Josh McDaniels left, they drafted Bailey Zappi. So him coming from that Patriots cocoon, I believe he's going to have a similar idea where you're going to have to have, a, not have to, but he's going to want to have a rotation of young quarterbacks to develop. And I believe he said this during a, his press conference or one of his early press conferences. He said it's important to have a developmental quarterback just in case something happens to your starter. You have a guy you're confident to go in and run the system. But I will say, Gary, uh, you may want to temp- temper down your expectations of getting Penix because he's going back to school, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so he, he'll be back at Washington for another year. So if you're looking at Bo Nix, who I think our guy Evan Grode just probably likes, uh, I have to look into him, of course. Of course, he looked a lot better at Oregon than he did his three years, I believe, at Auburn. So he's someone to to, to circle and look at. But there's plenty of time to dig into draft quarterbacks. I don't have a firm uh, description or evaluation of any quarterbacks at this point. Well, and also Hooker out of Tennessee, by the way, is another guy I think with a knee injury um, could, could, could skip down and could be available. And I'll tell you what, at, at this time, when you're about three years out from needing a guy to get in there and start for you uh, after Derek Carr, that would be the end of his contract, then 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 you can, you can take a flyer, even though you don't like – I mean, third and fourth round, you get good players in those rounds, right? I mean, look at Max Crosby, a fourth-round pick. 
Uh, but if you go for a quarterback there because you really like them and you think you can develop them and it doesn't work out, it doesn't kill you like it does if you take them number five overall in the draft, right? So I think that that's, that's actually not a bad position, which is another argument for keeping Derek Carr. Another thing I will say is that about the mobile quarterback thing, and I know the Patriots are probably in dire straits at, in this situation because mm-hmm. they moved on from Tom Brady, so they had to you know bridge the gap, so to speak. But they did sign Cam Newton. Yeah. who's a mobile quarterback. I wouldn't say he's a running quarterback, but he uses his legs a lot. And that's what they, and they were able to win a lot of games with him. Now it fizzled out at the end, but they were able, Josh McDaniels was able to kind of amend his system for Cam Newton's skill set. So I would say, I wouldn't say that Josh McDaniels is as rigid as a lot of people think he is. I think he can adjust to whoever's at the quarterback position. But of course, Derek Carr is your starter. But as far as backups are concerned, I wouldn't rule out quarterbacks who are, who are who have a tendency to use their legs because that's where the league is headed. If you look at the top quarterbacks in the in the league right now, a lot of them can use their legs. That's where that's how the position has evolved. So you have to yeah. evolve with the way the league is evolving, with the way the position is evolving. You can't stay back in the 1970s, the 1980s, and think that's going to work in today's NFL. No, right. I mean, and I think you look at uh, the guy the Chargers just, or excuse me, the Raiders just beat. And I know Raider fans like to complain about Justin Herbert, but he's another big guy who can move. He's not a running quarterback. He's a big guy who can move out of the pocket and use his legs. And that's why the Raiders were able to stop him because they couldn't, they didn't let him do that against them like he did against the Cardinals in the big comeback the week before. And then again, I mentioned Josh Allen. You see what Josh Allen does, just even running out of the pocket towards the sideline, that amazing pass he threw running out of bounds uh, for a touchdown last week is another great example of that. So really good points. I will say this. When you read these scouting, these draft scouting reports on quarterbacks, not having mobility is a knock. It's considered a right. negative. Right. <laughs> now, so if you're if you're a statue, that's not a good thing. Um, you teams want you to at least be able to move. Yeah, no question. Okay, thank you again, Gary. We appreciate uh, your patronage and your continued loyalty and support of the show, and and of course your donations, which we will talk about on another show. Uh, he was getting nervous because I got him. He's like, did you get him? Did you get him? I got him. We're going to get them to the right folks, and I know it'll benefit and get some kids to a game. All right, we move on to Donald Burr. Donald, uh, his second question in as many weeks. Donald says, hey, um, I'm sure the top of, of discussion will be Josh Jacobs again if we bring him back next year. And, Mo, this is popular. I mean, Raider fans continue to talk about Josh Jacobs nonstop because of the year he's having. Donald says, what do you think at this point because I cannot see Jacobs in another uniform. Again, that's Donald Bird. We talked about it yesterday, uh, but but Mo, it, it's going to be hard. I, I I think that because of what he's meant to this team this year, uh, I thought he was goner, not just because of the, the decline of the fifth-year option. I just didn't think it was going to happen. But he has really changed mine. He's changed the scope of this. The Darren Waller injury and the fact that he's not available, I think, as we mentioned yesterday, could lead to a trade, and then suddenly your money problems go away. And you mentioned something yesterday, too, about the salary cap going up. So we just don't know. So, I, I mean, would you put this at 50-50, or would you put this at like a 70-30 he could be back? By the way, quick note, I read somewhere on Tuesday that salary cap could exceed $230 million. So just wow. keep, yeah. a, keep a note on that. But I know a lot of people think this way, and they think, once you have an opinion, you can't change that opinion. <laughs> Even if you get new information, you I'll cannot you. change your opinion. So whenever you have whatever prediction or projection you had, you have to stick with that projection no matter what happens, which is the dumbest thing ever. Because if you get new information, obviously that could change or sway your opinion. Now, I started off the season saying Josh Jacobs is gone no matter what. If he underperforms, if he exceeds expectations, he's gone because of the money. Thinking about it now, the way the offense is set up, and because of Darren Waller's injury, and I feel like Darren Waller is not reliable, despite what people may say about Darren Waller's track record. He, right now, as we speak today, not a reliable playmaker. Is he special when he's healthy? Yes. But he has been on the field. Hunter Renfro dinged up. And when you're looking at the way the Raiders' offense has run with Josh Jacobs performing at a high level, how could you let that player walk away? Mm-hmm. And I would say right now I'm 60-40 that he stays. If you look at some of the other top running backs who have stayed with their teams, Dalvin Cook, uh, Derrick Henry, you know, Nick Chubb. So teams 
are open to re-signing homegrown talent. As far as if it's a special running back, they are open to giving that running back a second contract. Now, again, we don't know what Josh Jacobs' contract expectations are, what he's looking for, because that will decide if he's back or not, ultimately. But right now, as as uh, as as the emailer just said, I don't see how they move on from Josh Jacobs with the way they're winning. Because if it's, what's the old saying? If it's not broke, don't fix it. In this case, <laughs> if it's not broke, don't fix it. And if you can pay for it, keep it. That's because right. right now the Raiders are winning games with Josh Jacobs running wild. Now we all know he has, you know, he has a history of getting nicked up and having some injuries. But this past off season, he worked out on his own. Apparently, took care of his body. Sure he's did. Still battling injuries, but he's been able to tough it out. And he's he's like a tank out there. He's he's not going down. He's not coming out for a handful of plays. As we're used to seeing him. Now the season's not over. I will say this: if he gets through the season healthy. I think there's a strong possibility he could come back. Now, if he gets hurt, all bets are off because then the Reds could be looking at this like, okay, we we ran him till the wheels fell off, and now he's hurt and he's not the same. He may not be the same player, and it, things go up in the air. And this is why I say with people ask me all the time at this time of year, they're asking me about Tillery and this player and that player. Yeah, are we going to resign him? Are we going to resign him? And I always say. Let the season play out because we still have we still have it till week 18 in the playoffs. If you know, we're going to see what happens with the playoff picture. I said the P word, but not in connection with the Raiders. But let's see what happens <laughs> with with the end of the season. We still have some weeks to go. Let it play out and we'll see. And I'll have a better answer for you. Because right now, you're not thinking about resigning guys. You're thinking about winning the next football game. As far as Jacobs is concerned, yeah, I would say it's it's a little over 50-50, but I'm leaning toward now he stays just because of how the Raiders' offenses perform with him. Absolutely. And because of the uncertainty at other positions, too. And you, right. you, you, you have the opportunity to go out and draft, improve that defense. I think they'll spend a lot of time on that defense because there's so many needs on defense. Look at it this way. If, if Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro were healthy and the Raiders are able to go back and forth between the passing game and the run game, I would, say, I would still stick to my prediction that Josh Jacobs is gone because – then you would look at him and say, well, the Raiders can win without him. He's expendable. Right. But right now, the way the offense is set up with the injuries to Renfro and Waller, he is nowhere near expendable. He's a necessity. <laughs> He's an right. essential right now. So you don't Which, get rid of an essential playmaker. Right. Although, to, to talk the 40% of your equation there, when you're talking about 60-40, uh, if those guys do come back and they go on a run here at the end of the year and they make him less relevant not relevant what's the word i'm looking for less essential less essential thank you uh then they might look at it and say look great year we're happy thank you so much but we're not going to pay 14 million dollars um it all depends but they still or they or they they look at waller and say hey dude you're not really available that much this guy was available all season if he is and say you know what we're going to make a choice here yeah see you later waller we're going to keep jacobs i mean that's what it could come down to i'll ask and you just Point to it right there. I'll ask you a question. I'll ask any of our listeners out there a question. If you're hearing me out there, if there was an ultimatum, if it if it came down to it, would you rather keep Josh Jacobs at 15, 16 million or Darren Waller at his current contract? If you had to get if you had to keep one or the other, I would say Josh Jacobs is the one I keep. And that's why I keep bringing up the point that if Waller doesn't come back and plays at a high level, yeah, I would not be surprised if the Raiders trade him. Exactly. No, I'm there with you. I think that's a no-brainer. I wouldn't even think twice about it, uh, actually. All right, uh, Donald, thank you for your message there. And and we're running out of time now. So we didn't do a full mailbag, but we wanted to make sure we got some of your messages in there as well. Well, Mo, what do you have for tomorrow night's game? Uh, this Raiders team, you said it might be a close game throughout. Uh, how do you see this one working out for Las Vegas and Los Angeles? <sighs> I see Raiders with a convincing win. I say that with a sigh because anytime I <laughs> anytime I expect a lot of the Raiders, no, they they, they underwhelm. But I think yeah. with them on this streak, I think they've again found their winning formula with Josh Jacobs and Devonta Adams being the focal points of the offense. I think they win decisively in a twenty-seven seventeen victory. Again, I think the first forty-five minutes of the game will be competitive, but the Raiders get a turnover and break the game wide open with a late late score. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that they're going to pull away at the end. I think the fourth quarter, I think this team is playing so much better 
uh, in that fourth quarter than they have earlier in the season. And it's really been the hallmark, really, in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Overtime, of course, they won two games in overtime. So you can count that as the fifth quarter if you want. But I think later they just get warmed up. They seem to gain more confidence as the game goes on. And I think as good as that Rams defense can still be, I think if you get Josh Jacobs out there, you wear them down over the course of it. And I think they wear down in that fourth quarter because they don't have the depth they usually have. And the Raiders pull away. I like uh, that 24 to 27 point range with uh, the Rams being either a 17 or 20 points, somewhere around there. So it'll be kind of close, but I think uh, it's one of those games that might be close in score. But when you look at the stat sheet and if you watch the game, it won't uh, be as close as it appears. All right, Mel, we're going to rejoin one another late Thursday night after the game. So we'll get to talk about our, our, our prediction and whether or not it came true. Uh, and then uh, we'll do that live and um, end the week on Thursday for once instead of Sunday. With my buddy Murph. I haven't seen Murph yes. in, in over a month. So it'll be fun to have his energy on the show as always. I've been watching you guys. So fun to have him with me again. <laughs> Not with me, but virtually with me again to talk about uh, the Raiders after hopefully a W. I know. How about two weeks in a row and Murph is on location? First, he's in Pensacola, Florida. <laughs> right by the beach. And then uh, on on this Sunday night, he was down in Tunica, Mississippi at the Bet MGM Sportsbook. I mean, this guy is living the charmed life. Yeah, I got I to gotta get like Murph when I grow up. <laughs> He'll be back in the fan cave. That's why I told him he's in the casino. I'm like, dude, your backgrounds, it's the fan cave at home, which is the best in all of Raider media. And then now you're, you're at the beach the week before, and now you're in this cool casino with all these big TVs with football behind you. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate him. We look forward to it. All right, Mo, we'll talk to you on Thursday. All right. Women over 150 pounds, forget about Miss <laughs> Hopkins. Keep your men warm during the winter. We appreciate you. Oh, my goodness. Forget about Miss Hopkins. The way she can stretch, I don't know that I can. All right. Uh, for Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbranson. Make sure you subscribe to the Silver and Black Today podcast. If you have any other Raider fans in your family, in your friend circle, let them know to subscribe to the show. Mo and I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, and the folks at Odyssey Sports will continue to hear Raider Nation because we are the third-ranked podcast in their entire network And that is a testament to the great fans that make up Raider Nation. All right, we'll be back. Murph, Moe, and Scott on Thursday night after the game, tomorrow night after the Rams and the Raiders. Take care of one another, everybody out there, and we will talk to you tomorrow night.